Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. Yes, this week I am your host, Peter Pratt. And joining me this week, all the boys are back in the two spot, Lee Dobbs. Lee, how are you? I'm as good as always. Good man, good man. And in the three spot, Dan the man. Dan, how are you? I'm very well, Pete. How are you? I'm good as well. I'm good. And in his rightful rifle spot, the cleanup spot, Rob Newell. Rob, how are you? I'm fine. Coming out of the bullpen like an out-of-control Adam Conley. <laughs> You've got your pick of relievers to choose from for out of control you could have gone Conley Guerrero you could have gone multiple ways with that one but good to hear mate Conley yeah that's fair so lads we're all well um I'm gonna hold my hands up I've not been watching a ton of Marlins baseball so I'll, I'll pose that to all the the listeners Lucky are me. you still watching as they say it's mid-September and we're on West Coast times. This is properly for the diehards now. So <laughs> it's not been quite as easy. We're still out there West now for for the Diamondbacks. So it's not been the easiest last week or so for, for Marlins baseball. The results equally have not been great. So uh, we're going to, for this episode, guys, what we're going to do, there's there's two main segments. Segment one is the, the now uh, the now titled Poll of the Week. And I've decided to do this on the penultimate week of the season. So maybe you should have started this a little bit earlier as a regular segment. <laughs> Nonetheless, the Poll of the Week this, this week, lads, was who makes the postseason first, the Marlins or the Dolphins? And... There's obviously two Dolphins fans on this podcast as well, Lee and Dan. So I had 81, 81 votes on this. And what are you thinking, guys? I mean, you may have joined in the, the vote anyway. Were you siding on the Dolphins or were you siding on the Marlins at a, as a snap take? I'll, I'll announce the results shortly, but what do you reckon, Lee? Marlins, Dolphins. Uh, dolphins for me. <laughs> dolphins for you. Dan the man? I went the opposite. I went Marlins. Yeah, mate, you've seen our riches. You've seen our rotation riches. And Rob, what about you, mate? What would you go for if you were if you were just making a, a call right now? Uh, Marlins as well. Marlins, good. Okay, I I think the same. And I think when you put that together, that yeah you know, loosely comes to the numbers. So overall poll, eighty percent, eighty were with the Marlins, and just twenty percent for the Dolphins. For me, there's probably some recency bias built into those numbers, <laughs> particularly on the Dolphins side, because they are, I mean, they're in full tank mode for sure. So that's interesting. I'm not a Dolphins fan. I've obviously, I'm an NFL fan and a Rams fan, so I'm 
been watching them less so the Dolphins side. So I'm interested to take get your take on it, guys, and uh, whatever. But I think it's interesting that of the two, and bearing in mind the way the NFL works and the draft and the way you can draft pro-ready players, that even so, I'm going to look at it on a positive for the Marlins, that the view is that actually we see this rebuild in a position where we could potentially be in the postseason in what, two years, three years? That's that's my take on it. Um, Lee, I'll throw it to you first though, mate, because you on, on that poll, you had, you had a bit of an opposite view really on, on the Dolphins. So how do you sit on it, mate? I guess, you know, you, you, you with the Dolphins and it's probably just the, the way the draft works and just the sheer amount of draft capital the Dolphins have that is probably what's going to propel them forward. But, Thoughts on it, mate? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned on Twitter as well, I think in the NFL it's easier to come back from a bad season, you know, make the playoffs the next year. And the Dolphins themselves, yeah, for those who, who remember, went 1-15 and in 2007, and the next year they, they won the division yeah, by, by going 11-5. All right, Tom Brady was injured that in the first game of that season, so that, that, that probably helped. You know, yeah, to, to win the division because the Pats, I think, went ten and six, if I remember. So that, yeah, and I think it just shows that, and we've seen it before where teams, yeah, they they rebound from a bad year, you know, they, and, and they win the. I think the Browns, what they won no games two years ago, and then won eight last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously, and obviously, not going to say they're going to win. You know, yeah, they're going to come out and win the division next year. But obviously, with the draft picks, I mean, we've added another draft pick today in the first round from the Steelers, which. With the way they're going, that that could be quite high as well. Yeah, we got so true. next year we got three first round picks, I think four second round picks, plus one hundred and sixty million dollars in cap room for free agents. Wow. So next year could see a big turnaround already. So, mm. you know, straight straight away we could be looking at six to eight 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 wins. Yeah, you know, if all go, goes well, the tank the tank for tour. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't watch much college football if I'm honest. So. I, I don't know if, if he's as good as as people say, but mm. I mean the way the way that everyone says you know, he, you know says he is, mm. you, know, you know he's next the next coming of Brady or something. So hope so hopefully he he can be good. I mean, yeah. so yeah, I think it's just and in general the the AFC East is an easier division because the Bills I mean, they're doing well, so they don't look like they're you know going to be around for forever. They they've not got like a you know franchise sort sort of player yet, and the Jets. Well, they're the Jets, so mm. they're, they're they're always rubbish. Yeah, I hate the Jets. They're they're, they're all they're, I mean, they're 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 another bad you know place. Yeah, for this year. But, are the Jets are the Jets the NL East equivalent of the Mets, where you kind of always just go, well, they're the Mets, or well, yeah. they're the Jets. Yeah, it feels like they're I mean, Jets. they're obviously New York teams, but they are Jets. they the NL East? Are they the Mets basically? The Jets? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They, they they always blow it in blow it in funny you know ways and things like that. Yeah. they're really bad. <laughs> yes, and let's say that division. And you know, going on back onto the Marlin side, the NL East looks like it's going to be tough for another few years yet. Mm-hmm. So, as I said on Twitter, I think the Marlins would have to make the playoffs in the twenty twenty one season to beat the Dolphins to the playoffs. In, in my opinion. Yeah, so I think the Dolphins for them. Twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one. Well, for the Marlins. Uh, no, the Dolphins. Dolphins. 
And I'd say they could actually make it both in the same season. But obviously, right. the Marlins starting earlier, they may win it. You know, in that regard, that their season starts the first. But yeah, I'd say the Dolphins will be in the playoffs, not next year, but they could make it in twenty twenty one. Wow. Season. Because wow, I think so. it's just it's just easier. And Marlins, you know, we we still say next year probably not twenty twenty one. You know, it's probably their best chance yet. And then it comes down to, you know, if they can win the division or the wild card. That's another thing. I mean, I I don't count that second wild card as making the playoffs to me. Yeah, where when you're in, when, you know, when, when, like, when you're in, you know, you're like the wild card playoff. Mm-hmm. If you lose that, then then then, then that does, doesn't count to me. Because yeah. that's just the one game. It's a, you know, it's a game one, six, three, you know. I, I, I hate that that wild card playoff. It's the worst thing. So yeah. to me, for the Marlins to make the playoffs, they have to make make an actual series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I, I just think the Dolphins will be the first team. Yeah, okay. Valid points, um, Dan. One for you, mate. Are you because you're relatively new to Miami sports, I guess in general. It's seemingly you are a just a glutton for punishment at the moment. Like you love a tank. <laughs> like you must be, you uh-huh. must be a big fan of the tank, mate. Or it's you. You are the curse, mate. What I've realised is it's yeah. you. Yeah, I think um, I sort of came into Miami Sports on the back of the um, well, coming into it on the NBA, mm. and not only did have I just watched nothing but complete mediocrity. From Miami Heat, I missed the glory years of the Big Three with LeBron James and and uh, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, etc. So I missed all of that. Missed all the fun times. Literally came in right as we went the other way, and we've just been scraping at point five hundred for the last three four years. Um, but then watched the Marlins rebuild, and now I'm watching a, a Dolphins rebuild. So uh, yeah, I've come in at um, come in at an awkward time. <laughs> it was a complete uh, complete period of irrelevance. But um, yeah, hey ho, it's uh, it is what it is, and um, I, w- I, I, could, I wouldn't wouldn't change it. I could go back three, four years to when I got involved. I'd still be Miami through and through. But um, Lee 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 does make a um a good point, and he's uh, far more knowledgeable, especially in um obviously with uh, what we've been speaking about with Marlins and and Dolphins because he's been following it far longer than me. So he does make a compelling point. But I just look at it in my brief couple of years of experience. I've just got far more. Um, confidence in Team Cheetah getting it right before Team Greer and so on in uh, in the Dolphins because twenty odd years of nothingness. All right, well, at least we're showing that we're gonna we've, we're gonna put some sort of brutal rebuild together and go forward with a plan, a bit like what the Marlins have decided to do a year or so ago. Um, but. I just I, I just look at it now. If if it's I, I think the best that could probably be hoped is both teams will be competing to be in the in the postseason around 2021. I think that's the best we can sort of hope. Um, but I've just got more faith in the Marlins organisation to do that than the Dolphins. That's the bottom line for my vote. Mm, fair, fair potentially. What what I'm going to be interested to look at from a Dolphins perspective this year is what what that attendance looks like as you kind of get to mid and end season because I get it, early season football's back and whatever. I haven't seen the attendances, so I don't know if they they were packed houses um, or not. Were they 
Have they played with? Have they been home twice or just once? Twice, yeah. Twice, yeah. So, okay. So. Yeah, it, it was, was full of it was, it was full of pets. Full of patriots, yeah. Of patriots, patriots. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was full of patriots. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and I suppose in some ways that's been replicated for us. I know, like opening day when we've had huge attendances at Marlins Park, it was definitely two years ago. It was full of Cubs. Yeah. Was it the yeah. Cubs? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Rob, I know you're you're not so much of an NFL guy, um, but one point I did want to ask you about, and this has been it's been bothering me as well for a while, and Lee just Lee just touched upon it, so I'm gonna just segue into that quickly, is the the wild card scenario in, in MLB. Uh, and like Lee said, it my take has always been it just feels weird that you have a hundred and sixty-two game regular season. And then basically a one-game coin flip to see who goes to the postseason. It doesn't seem, it doesn't feel like it fits in with the rest of the league and what baseball's all about. You know, it's slow and laborious, and in many ways, and you know, you want to take away that element of chance and let the best team progress. Blah blah blah. But what's your take on it, mate? And I don't actually know the history of the wild card either in terms of how whether it's always been there or not. So it's probably something I need to brush up on, but does what are you a pro wild card man, a one game wild card card game, or do you think it's pointless? I, well, I'm not sure what else they can do. Um, <laughs> and that that's the problem because um, you're getting yourself in a position where you've expanded um, the playoffs to include these extra teams so you're including teams that have performed well, but maybe not won the division because they're in a strong division. But we saw it a couple of years ago, the Colorado Rockies had a stonking season and then just got knocked out. Then you're right, it is that, well, you know, you have one bad game, one game where the, the pressure is too much. And then, and that's it. And it is a bit unfortunate. But what do you do? Do you then subject those two teams to a, a, like a five-game series? Um, and how do you fit that in to a, to a normal schedule where you're playing, in effect, the the final games of the World Series coming into the last week of October and November? I think it's a timing thing. If you're going to expand this out, like they have done, I can't remember which year um, they did include the uh, the wild cards, but um, it, once you've expanded that out, then you're, you're really running out of time. I've yeah. often wondered why, if postseason is you know the the big showcase at the end of the year why don't you minimize the season a little bit cut some games out and make the 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 wild card games into significant series they've actually done it in nascar in a funny way where they've kind of stopped the series about three quarters of the way through and then they have like a top 10 kind of playoff situation mm. and um you know that that that's kind of extended the interest where you could have been at the end of a of the the NASCAR season. Someone could have huge number of points, and what's the point of even watching it? Um, so the you know that's the that's what they could do. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not a massive fan of of wild cards because there's always the risk that the team that goes out really is the team that's played well over the 162 games. Yeah. I, you make an interesting point. I, I've been on your side, definitely on that, uh, on the 
why is the why is the league season regular season 162 games does it need to be that long i don't think so because half the teams are out of contention by august if not earlier i mean what everyone wants to see is just exciting baseball that's you know a lot of teams are playing pointless baseball that's by the very nature is pointless so why not have a broader playoffs more teams you know, eight from each division if you need if it needs be. You have five game series rolling early doors and just create some pressure, some tension, some stories beyond who's fighting for a wild card and a one game playoff. And then, you know, it just it seems a little bit strange the weighting of it. Lee, what's your thoughts on it, mate? I you mentioned it here anyway. In my opinion, they should go back to the the old way of just, just having one wild card. I don't know why they created this one game. I hate. I can't stand the one game playoff. I think it was about 2012 when it came in. Yeah, right. Before there, I think from '95 when they realigned when they realigned the divisions, it was just when it's three three divisions, and there was one wild card team, and they, you know, it was fine. You know, I mean, I mean that, that's how the Marlins Marlins have won, won both their, their World Series as a wild. Yeah. So why they decide? I mean, obviously I know why because of money. Why they decided to create this pointless one game, like you're saying, where you could have a really good team. I know generally they're probably close to each other, but there's always, but you know, you do have a risk where someone could be ten games, yeah, then lose losing in in, in, a, in a one game playoff. Just yeah. seems a bit unfair. So that, to me, they should just go back to the old, you know, you know, you know the old way. One just just one wild card, you know, the, you know who plays the plays the best team, you know. To, the team with team with team with the best record, mm. you, know, you know, in the first round. I don't know why. I, I hate this change. And a bit more to your point of including more teams. I know it seems to be split. That's one thing I don't like about about the NBA. I think there's too many teams make the playoff, where you right. end up with mediocre, like first round games. The number one seed against the number eight seed. They're always four nil or four one at best. Mm-hmm. I think only once recently, I think the Spurs may have lost as a number one seed about 10, eight years ago. They're always walkovers because you're playing a team that's won about 25 games less. So to, to me, I would, well, personally, if they're going to do, I would scrap the East and West and just have it as one league you know, completely and then have the top eight in one league just just play each other. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Interesting take. I mean, when you look at, say, the NL, let's, you know, let's take that one. It's what we know most about. You've got, at the moment, Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers as division winners at the moment. Um, then, yeah, the Nats and Cubs. If, let's say, you extended to eight teams, eight teams in the NL made the first round of the playoffs, you'd be down to, you'd then include the Brewers, Phillies, and the Mets, actually. That would be, the, at the moment, the cutoff point. Um, and for me, and the thing is as well, the fan bases of those teams is absolutely huge. So, like, the commercial potential there is ginormous. Like, And the reality is, in baseball, what's stopping the Mets as the lowest seed rolling into, you know, what they, they let's say they take on the Dodgers with the best record. Mets-Dodgers, round one. You know, what's what's stopping the Mets rolling in and, you know, doing a number on them? Like, that's just baseball. I feel like there's more, 
like it's not like the NBA in some ways. Like I do feel like those the the teams with the yeah, weaker yeah, record. I do, yeah, I do agree. There probably is more more yeah. chance of an upset. Yeah, it's all probably the same with like NAO, the NFL where there is more chance. It is a bit easier to to, yeah, to have to have an upset than yeah. basketball. Yeah. Like I, I just feel like the opportunity there is is huge in many ways, and you know the Dodgers met in round one. Let's say you know currently based on the standings, you then have let's say Phillies Braves, another awesome series. Do you know what I mean? Like all these series is just huge opportunities there, and all they've got is in effect a a one off playoff against the the Nats and the Cubs right now, and then they go and play the Dodgers, and it just seems a bit. Bit of a weird situation, but anyway, I don't want to. Uh, it's it's something I want to talk about before, but we've kind of not found the time. Just thought let's let's have a quick chat on that. But um, unless Dan, have you, anything from you on that side, mate? Are you which camp are you in? Are you wild card? Yes, no, more playoff teams, less. No, I, I think that um, I was sort of agreeing with both of you there, but I think if you went down the route of it being um, more teams that can be involved because of what you've just said there about that, that there's much more chance of someone causing an upset in a baseball game. In, in theory, really, anyone in baseball can beat anybody on their day. So a one-off game always seems really harsh, um, especially after a 162-game season. Now, going to the NBA, yeah, it's, as Lee said, you know, you, you look at like the Warriors' dominance over the last couple of years. Um, you know, they, they don't even try. They don't even get out of second gear throughout the whole regular season. So much so that they didn't even win their conference last year. They just they, they seeded second. And then when the postseason comes along, bang, suddenly they're up to fifth gear and they mm. roll through it. So there needs to be a happy medium. I, I would probably say if it was going to be changed, that's probably the better way to go, to, to, to make more teams qualify and see more series. So I'm sort of siding a bit with you for what you say there, Pete. But I think it does need, whatever happens, it does sort of need to be looked at because a 162-game season to then come down to a one-off game, doesn't seem right doesn't sit no. well no i agree well there's probably this topic's probably been covered by tons of podcasts and tons of people for <laughs> years that i've never listened to and i've just had a spontaneous thought and just wanted to throw it out there so anyway let's let's move on just thinking about um other areas and using other people's ideas um on the back of that um our good friend danny martinez has inspired me this week i loved uh, loved his thread. So earlier in the year, Glenn Geffner had a had a thread, a legendary thread at the time. <laughs> Danny Martinez has done equally a thread, but it's a it's linked to the Fish Bites Awards uh, for the for the end of season. And there's a load of uh, it's a great thread and a load of polls and and whatever for everyone to go through and make their choices. So what I thought, lads, is we're going to slightly rip that off. Um, I want to say slightly. I mean, we're going to rip it off um, <laughs> <laughs> and do something very similar, if not the same, um, but just between ourselves. So we're going to bring a Twitter thread to life, live. And you guys didn't have a clue this was going to happen. I just made this up again on the spot. So there we go. We've had an agenda. We've not stuck to it. That's that's the best type of podcast that I know. Um, so, guys, the way this is going to work, I'm... Danny had 11 categories. We haven't got time for 11, so I'm just going to pick a few of them. Um, and, you know, you guys can can give an answer about the player or the reason, and we'll have a bit of a debate about a few of them and just have a bit of fun with it. Um, and go go from there, lads. So, 
the first one, the first, uh, which I think is the right one to start, is top starting pitcher. Top starting pitcher of the season. Um, I'll start with you on this one, Rob, if uh, if that's okay, mate. Um, you know what? I, I won't lead you. You can throw out there who you think. And this is all Marlins, by the way, so I'm not, I'm not taking any Max Scherzer or anything like that from you. It, it's Sandy Alcantara. Um, the two complete games, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, including, you know, uh, one was one, they both shutouts, were they? Or the one was shut out, I can't remember now. But um, that even so, he's lasted all season. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, there's been a, the, the odd occasion where he's had he's a few problems, and Mattingly said, you know, he's not been aggressive enough, but he was our all star and he's just been great. Um, and he is definitely, I, we talked about this last week and, and have mentioned it before, but um, he's probably now our opening day starter. He's probably our ace. And so, yeah, I think it's uh, a definite, it's Sandy. Sandy for you. Lee, what are you thinking, mate? Yeah, Sandy as well for me. He, if he had asked me in July, I probably would have said Caleb mm-hmm. Smith. Because Sandy, I say, was having a few struggles, even though he was our all-star. He was having a few struggles just prior to that and then just, just coming out of that as well. Yeah, and there was somebody who said, you know, who said he, he shouldn't have been, been our you know, all-star. You know, it probably would have been Smith if he hadn't got hurt in June. But yeah, since since especially August the first, he's I mean he, he goes he goes six innings you know, all all the time. They say mm. he's he's reliable. And yeah, and as, as Rob says, he is our ace now, and probably is going to be the starting starting pitcher for the first game game, game next season. Yeah, fair enough. Down the man, full house. Nope. Mm, I knew you wouldn't go full house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's Doctor K. Doctor K for me. Um, I do agree. By the way, with both what you both said, and I think he will be our starting pitcher, and he has been brilliant all season. Really, he's been really consistent. Um, and he, he was deservedly our all-star. But I think what was unfortunate for Caleb was his injury because I think we sort of forget just how good he was in that first half of the season. Mm. He was absolutely lights out. Um, and it was just unfortunate that he, he did get the injury when he did. And you sort of then forget a little bit because he struggled a bit since then. But um, I think that, um, yeah, I mentioned it very briefly last week. It's sometimes quite... Um, easy to fall into the latest is greatest and that's exactly what Sandy's been for the second half he's took over and he's been better but I think that um, I think he leads in uh, quite a few categories uh, Smith so I think um, he he gets my vote he's my guy Fair enough that isn't the most surprising vote of the evening for sure one one follow up question to you mate on, on Dr K I want a I want a Tashometer rating for his uh, his latest and greatest facial hair, baseball Brit style. So Joey, if you're listening, buddy, hope you're enjoying yourself still. Um, Caleb Smith is is copying your your thing, your thang. Um, what about you, mate? One to ten on the tashometer. Yeah, he's 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 rocking it. He's rocking <laughs> it. I give I'll give it an eight, but I do prefer him with the I do prefer him with the beard. I think he look better then. Okay. <laughs> good um, Sandy was the winner of that category on, on Danny's thread 
and Caleb was second. Pablo was third. I'm going with Pablo. He's still my guy. He's Pablo is our best two-way. If I'd have phrased this better, I said, who's the best two-way starting pitcher we've had, we, we have, or that there has been this season? Pablo is the man. I still think he's a legit number eight bat in our lineup. Still happily have him there. So, okay, guys, this one will be tougher, in my opinion. Top relief pitcher of the year. Um, do what you can with that category, Rob Newell. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> considering it, it, it's got to, in some ways, be Nick Anderson, but he's gone because he was the top relief pitcher. Uh, no doubt about it. Any stat you go through, he was. The strikeouts were incredible, especially the strikeouts per nine. When you're, you're hitting around the 12-13 mark, it was it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but he's gone, and that really only lives, leaves uh, the elephant, Harlan Garcia. And um, he has been probably the one sort of shining light of consistency, maybe, in that bullpen and um if you look at anyone else who has uh, been regularly pitching this year in there and i mean i mean anyone from you know austin bryce had a uh, has had a really good season uh, mm-hmm. but it's been a little bit up and down lately um but even so he's definitely i suppose in the top three sort of pitchers compared to the struggles that adam Conley's had uh, who i think could be still a really good relief pitcher um Teon Guerrero where he can be 103 mile an hour and striking everyone out uh, absolutely all over the shop and being really inconsistent um, Wei Yin Chen who was supposed to be a long bullpen piece is uh had some utterly appalling games especially early in the season mm-hmm. so um Harlan's been the other one who's been consistent 2.93 ERA um, he's been in 47 games, 46 innings pitched, and um, he's only um, let up uh, 15 earned runs, which is not bad. So it is, uh, it's the elephant. That seem, seems uh, a fair case. Lee, anything beyond that one, mate? No, nah, I mean, I was, I was going to say say Garcia as well. So, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's not much more to add. I mean, he, he has been, been the only one who's been, you know, actually you know, reliable in you know, in the pen so yeah for me it's yeah Garcia yeah let's not dwell on it down the man anything else yeah it's a full house but I mean you, you've <laughs> you've said it all year to be honest Pete we haven't needed a bloody <laughs> we haven't needed relief pitchers this season nah. um it hasn't really made much difference but yeah he's um I mean Bryce has been okay he's been he's probably the the next best but I think by quite a long time like quite a long wait it's been um it's been Garcia. Yeah. Um like Rob said, you you boys know I've been hiring Nick Anderson. I was hiring him straight away and he, he has been and actually he's what he has shown at the Rays is he is he's top draw for sure. So uh yeah, he, he actually has been our best relief pitcher, although he's gone. Um I also thought Roma was excellent um for the for the you know, up until the deadline. So both of them guys, and that's it. As soon as you take them out and you start mixing matching, just anything could happen at any time. So, you know, when the wins and losses count, we're going to need to piece together a bullpen that actually works. At the moment, 
it doesn't matter. So let's just piece together other bits and the bullpen will evolve over time, I guess. Um, so, okay, cool. Um, my one, yeah, I'd go Nick Anderson. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that. So I'm just going to abstain from that one. It's just too tough. Um, the Fish Stripes poll had Harlan way ahead of everyone else. So, yeah, in line with you boys. Okay, so this one's going to be an interesting one, um, potentially. Top hitter. Top hitter of the year. Um, there's a few few surprise names, I think, that appear on this list. Actually, they're all surprise names, probably other than the obvious. So, Rob, what's your take on top hitter, mate? Um, I think if you're looking at someone who's probably made a big impact um, in regards to the grand slams and uh, especially end of games and home runs was is was Garrett Cooper because mm. Cooper was you know he in some ways we'll talk about this a bit later but he's a big surprise how good he has been and and how much power he got from his bat but pure consistency it goes with Brian Anderson Brian Anderson is um, out of any player that we've got in our sort of bat lineup at the moment, our hitting lineup, then Brian Anderson, I think, is the only one who, if you put him, you could put him in the Dodgers, you can put him in the Astros. I think he's the only one who is that good to mm. to be able to play with any team in the MLB. And his stats this year kind of brought that through. He's He's got an OPS of around 8-1-1, which is sort of fairly sort of middling. But even so, you're, you're talking about in a team that is struggling to make any impact at all. Um, this is a guy who only made his debut in 2017, and he's got 20 home runs. Um, 66 RBIs in the shortened season. He had 65 last year in, in, uh, in a season where he had, well, pretty much just looking at this year, nearly 150 more at-bats. Mm-hmm. So it shows he's how much sort of more efficient he has been, um, mm-hmm. and he's just that guy who's who's just been on base, seems to be more than anyone else, been able to get walks. Um, uh, yeah, uh, he's he just I just think he's he's just a, a step above Garrett Cooper, and and the other difference between Anderson and, and Cooper is Cooper's had moments where he's just been really really full on and it's dropped off a bit and really really full on mainly around when he's had a few little injuries for Brian Anderson until his injury was very consistent yeah I like I like the BA shout a follow-up question for you quickly if the Dolphins ownership were running the Marlins right now would Brian Anderson have been traded already Absolutely. <laughs> and but, go on. Yeah, but there, there's, there's, you can bring this back to the Dolphins in many ways because I, in some ways, I look at what the Dolphins doing is not a million miles away from what the Jeter uh, regime, if you want to call it that, started to do, start to do when they took over and when mm. and selling Stan uh, or trading Stanton, Azuna, Yelich, um, uh, etc. It is the same thing about. We don't think this group is going to get us anywhere. Well, we know it's not because we're not getting over 500. And are the Dolphins going to win anything with with that? And the odd bits and pieces they might get from the next draft? No, they're they're thinking about a complete breakdown and getting a fresh lot in that they hope is going to push them over the line. 
and um, so then it's not a million miles away um, in ethos, I suppose. Mm. Well, Lee, quick follow-up to you, mate, and then you can give your top hitter. Would it be a 10 on the shockometer if they moved BA this off-season? Yeah, I can't see them. They're moving him. Mm. Yeah, he is the face of the team right now, I think. So there should be a good chance that he signs long-term, hopefully, you know, in the winter. Mm. I think it's interesting, though. I think you never know. You never no, I suppose know. If they did want to trade him, now would probably be the time to do it if they want to yeah. get a maximum value for him. That's what I mean. Like His, his stock is potentially at peak. Or there's maybe some more to go, but obviously you keep yeah, eating you away. Yeah, next next July maybe. Mm. But as Laz, I think we alluded to before, there's got to be a point where you yeah where you keep hold of your star players and, and don't just you know trade them for pieces when yeah, at some point you got you got you got to keep them. Exactly. Otherwise, you just the revolving yeah. door never stops. Yeah, right? forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, mate. Go on. Well, is is he is he the hitter of the year for uh, you, best hitter? He would have been, but I think the, in, the injury, and there's been one person who, since the injury, has overtaken, in my view, Starlin the Marlin. Oh, my ears! Oh, my. He's To me, he's, you know, since about June, he's been you know, really good. It's a shame he couldn't do it early on, so we, so we could have traded him. But, I mean, I think his career high in RBIs this year, or his level, I think, at the minute. So, he only needs one more. I think he's a couple away from his career high home runs. So I think they say he's he's been really. I mean, and he's been carrying the team. Yeah, you know, since since like he had a break. So yeah, he's so shame he couldn't do it early on, and he and he wasn't consistent enough. But I think with with BA's in you know, injury, I think Stalin takes it for me. Love that. That is unexpected in many ways, but I like it. Dan the man, can you top that one, mate? Um, well, statistic. it depends how you want to interpret it because statistically mm. and probably rightly, it should be Anderson. But mm. when I hear the word hitting, the first name that always comes to mind for me is Cooper. I just think that it, it and it, it, I always just think of power. And it, every yeah. time, every time Cooper comes up to bat, I just feel confident that he's going to, he's going to do some business. And I get that I get that from him more than anybody else on the roster. But statistically, and for what Rob very well um, analysed there, it it should be it should be Anderson, and it, you, you shouldn't really be arguing it. But I just I, I don't know when when that question came up, the first name that popped into my head was Garrett Cooper. Mm. So sod it, I'm going to go with Garrett Cooper. Wow, <laughs> wow. Well, split. Dan, to be fair, mate, I I thought the same. I it's all about how the question is phrased and how you read that question. And I felt the same. And I was siding on your, on, on kind of your side of it with hitting and hitting power. That's what kind of popped into my head. And all of a sudden I started to just picture opposite field home runs from, uh, from Alfaro. Like yeah. he, he's our biggest hitter. He is, he is the biggest hitter by a mile. Like his exit velo is is crazy, crazy velo when he hits it. His strikeout 
percentage is crazy as well. That's the problem with the guys. So, yeah, I tell you, just some notables because we haven't mentioned them. Guys we should talk about or just to have a, a tip of the cap to. Harold Ramirez was on fire. So him and Cooper, when they came up and started playing together, that changed us overnight. And we all of a sudden went on a, a huge tear, which I really enjoyed. And that that run was excellent to watch as a fan. You know, it's been not great season. As you know, we're on 52 wins. Interestingly, that's my number still. So they still haven't moved still off the 52. So <laughs> they've been sticking in around that. Um, I thought it was going to be blown out, but it hasn't been. Um, but yeah, Harold and Garrett, yeah, you're right, have been good. BA's been our, our, our best player. Stalin probably should have been our best player and wasn't for the first part. But what he has shown his second half, he is still a legit MLB starter. And the other ones really are um, the bird, the bird man and Miguel Rojas as well. I mean, Mig- Miggy in the, in the leadoff spot was having, I don't know, 100 games in a row hitting streak. It seemed at one point he was just on fire and then he got injured. Then the bird man came in and carried it on. And, you know, it's been in a season filled with some poor results. It's been some hitting performances in actually a team that really hasn't hit all year <laughs> in many ways. So actually this, this segment, this hitter one should have been so brief, but it's been a long <laughs> So anyway, so my favorite hitter, my top hitter is uh, Alfaro. There you go. So split. Um, a couple of other ones, guys, just to. Who, who won the, the one on Twitter? You know, the poll. Sorry, mate. Yeah. BA won it by a mile. Well, Oh. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I forgot to give you the actual stats. Um, so, I think that little summary from me moves nicely into this. Most improved player. I mean, just a bit of history on this one. You know, do you ever want to win, like, player's player or most improved when you were playing, you know, in your football teams or whatever as a kid? I, I was always not really keen on those ones. But anyway, most improved. Um, Rob, any thoughts, mate? I'd go for Garrett Cooper. I, I just think it was a, a, a bit of a breakout year. And, and there are others who have come in, like you just talked about John Bertie and Harold Ramirez, and, you know, they are very improved because, um, you know, they, they, they've they not really had an MLB career sort of beforehand. Um, and, and neither had, had Garrett Cooper, but I don't think he was a real sort of top prospect at the Yankees. He was, you know, came in on that Michael King trade. He wasn't really thought of probably by the Yankees that highly. Um, but um, he had a, a few games last year. He was considered to be really a, a backup to Brian Anderson and Peter O'Brien and mm. probably wasn't going to make the top of the, the 40. He was going to be a triple A AAA piece. And, and where he's ended up is um, 381 at-bats. Unfortunately, he's now got a, a minor injury, and that looks yeah. like he's going to be it. 107, yeah. Yeah, 107 hits, 15 home runs, 50 RBIs, and a team that isn't scoring is, is still good. Um, a batting average of, of 281, an OPS just under 800. And I think that's a, an incredible thing, considering that you know the previous two seasons he's had 33 at-bats, 43 at-bats. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, Garrett Cooper has, has, has improved way beyond what anyone expected. I like it. 
Dan, quick follow-up question for you, mate. Just going out of order here slightly, but it's fine. Garrett Cooper next season is healthy all year. He's only, he doesn't no injuries at all. I'm giving you the call now on the over under for the year home runs for Garrett Cooper over under 30 completely fit Garrett Cooper 30 is the mark what are you taking over under on that if I, I think if he's healthy all year mm-hmm. then I think he I think he'll do it yeah yeah yeah, I think it'll be around that. To be honest, that sort yeah, of, I think that's the yeah. sort of figure that he should be targeting. If he yeah. stays healthy, that's what he should be targeting, and yeah, I, I think he'll do it. So, I guess what you're saying there is, it's going to be under then because he probably won't stay healthy all year, unfortunately. Yeah. But and also the curse is real. So, well, there you go. Yeah, so he's <laughs> yeah, you've ended his career there, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're there, mate, most improved player for you. Yeah, I think um, I think it probably yeah, Rob something well. I think it is Cooper. I think um, Anderson. It's a shame that he got injured because when he got injured, when he didn't, obviously wasn't that long ago now. Um, he was absolutely rolling. He was just probably on the form of his career. He was just on top top fire. So it's a shame that his season got cut what three four weeks ago now um, during that period. Because if he would have carried on, it would have been him. But yeah, for what Rob's just said there. For someone that you know wasn't even really to be an MLB player, is is now pretty much a, an integral piece for us. Is is an exciting power bat for us, very mm. much a part of this future. So, um, yep, Cooper for me as well. Yep. What about you, Lee? Yeah, Cooper for me. Mainly as as Rob touched upon, we haven't really seen the others before, so it's hard to like Bertie Ramirez. I don't know if you can really say they've improved when we haven't you know, seen how they were before, you know, in, in the first place. Cooper's the only one that you can say, you know, we've seen last year you know, and how much, how much better he was this year. The only other, like I say, you've got Brian Anderson as well. And, I mean, it's assuming pitchers counting this as well. We've also got, got Garcia as well, you know, who we, who we, we discussed, you know, from, from before, who's obviously improved you know, in the pen yeah. for this season. I'd, yeah, also, it's Cooper, yeah. I'd throw in into that on, on the pitching side. Uh, Sandy, really, I think, he definitely has improved. He's taken a step forward this year from what he was doing last year. And, well, he started out at, what, three or four in the rotation and we weren't sure about his control. How many walks is he going to have? And, you know, we're now at the end of September going, yeah, he's he's been our ace and he's going to be opening, opening day starter. So I think Honourable mentioned to Sandy on that front and that's, I think that's the most exciting part, really, is just the the leap forward on the pitching. Um, and when I look back, just going back to my prediction, <laughs> my low ball number of 52 for the wins, the, the reason why we'll exceed that is because our pitching has been better than even I anticipated. We were already talking about the pitching in, in, you know, in the season intro, and hence why I went with 52. I had some wild calculation of... Um, you know, take away Rio Muto, that's eight wins off, and Chen, he's in the pen, so take away four wins for that. Actually, <clears throat> I underplayed the amount of wins that he took away from us. <laughs> and and Rio Muto has equally been awesome again at the Phillies. But um uh y- you know, it's 
what I'd underestimated was how good the rotation was going to be, particularly the first half, because those boys were, you know, top five rotation, which was way above what we expected. And so we'll end on 60, let's say, and those eight extra wins have come from that rotation above and beyond. So I'm going to go with Sandy, actually, on my most improved, because I think he has been. He is, he's being talked about now in that, in that category. So, uh, don't, you know, Cooper isn't at that level. He's definitely improved for sure, but Sandy's improved He's gone from one tier to another, specifically. I think Cooper's just become, you know, a an MLB first baseman, in my opinion. Um, okay. Most disappoint. Uh, sorry, the winner of that, guys. You, we've hit, we're hitting the nail on the head here. The winner of that was Cooper. It was quite close, though, actually. Second was uh, Miguel Rojas, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Third was Sandy. So, um, flipping it down now to a most disappointing season. <laughs> There's a few candidates here for sure. Um, Lee, I'm going to come to you first, mate, because I, I don't know. I just saw you first and thought <laughs> you're going to lead off this segment. Most disappointing. They, uh, you've got a few few choices, mate. What are you saying? Yeah, it's it's a tough, but <laughs> tough one. <laughs> I mean, Chen's been been disappointing, but did we really you know expect much from him? So can he be the most most disappointing when we didn't when we, we knew he was, he was going to be bad anyway? Mm-hmm. I mean, Conley has been quite a disappointment. Either he was going to be be the closer, really. You know, you know, once Roma was sort of you know before we had Roma, and then so even when they said that that Roma wasn't actually the closer to begin with, it was going to be shared. And then Roma obviously took it. So yeah, I mean, the starting pitchers have all been fine. None of them were really that that disappointing. I mean, you suppose on the hitting side, you you don't like to say about Brinson again. I know he's. I mean, he's, he's had a good week or so now. He's starting to show it. But yeah, we all. I think on the first pod, we all expected him him to have a re- have a really good season now. Yep. But he's really, you know, he still hasn't come on as much as we hoped. So like that's a tough one. I, yeah, I'm actually just convinced myself. I'm going to say Brinson has been. <laughs> is, is is it? There you go. There you go. <laughs> a man of few words. Gave us Brinson in about 170 words. I like it, mate. <laughs> Rob, follow question to you. I can't. I can't help it. Every time we do one of these, it just sparks more questions, which is the fun bit. But Rob, for you, for Lewis Brinson in particular, is this the end of the line this year for him? Is he cooked? Because we've got a ton of outfield prospects like ready to rock and roll. Is Lewis done for you after this year? No, not quite. Um, he has had a, a bad year overall. I'm, I'm not one for the the war stat because um, I just think What's it's it good a bit, for absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> and um, but he is he is minus one point three war, and that's and if you then take it to like proper grown up stats like OPS, is not point four six. And um, which is incredibly low, which shows he's striking out lows, not getting on base. And I, 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 if I've one criticism of the Marlins coaching, and it is of Brinson and Peter O'Brien, who in theory are my most disappointing four players and most sort of disappointed with this year, is that you've got players who were brought in because they showed their talent in hitting. And that's the thing. And and with Brinson, he's also got speed on the bases. 
and uh, he's, he's supposed to have a good glove as well. But then they try and convert them into these players that, and I suppose you have to be maybe in the major leagues where you can generate walks and get on base a lot more. You can't just be that strikeout guy. Those days are gone where you could afford to have players who'd strike out loads and loads and loads and get loads of home runs. But you're just restricting the natural talent. That's what Peter O'Brien and Brinson have always done. They they just hit um, and for a long way and strike out for a long way. And I've noticed down in AAA, um, uh, Peter O'Brien's stats were getting worse and worse and worse. But he, while he was trying to obviously generate loads of walks because that was was going up, so it, it's I'm I'm not sure they've handled Brinson right. And we talked about this before. Now this week, apart from Magnari Sierra. Um, he is has got the the best batting average out of this week. Shows how bad everything's been, really. Jesus, we've had a bad we, week, though, haven't we? Yeah, with two fifty and Magrisera Sierra at three three three. But um, uh, maybe things are getting better, and he does look like he has better discipline at the plate. Um, so the answer, in short, is he gets another season, but that's then probably it. Mm, okay, and is he your? Disappointment of the year. While we're on to you, yeah, and I, he is. And just to uh, just to clarify one thing in regards to centre field, I think that could be very fluid with your Monte Harrison's etc. Mm-hmm. Next year, it's been very fluid this year, but for the wrong reasons. It's been sticking players there, no matter what. But um, you've got, and like we talked about in previous podcasts, you've got a, quite a bit of centre field and outfield talent coming up. So um, I would expect to see him potentially sharing that or if he starts at the beginning of the season because remember he had a very good spring training a couple of home runs to start with and was was looking excellent at the start so if he does that again he probably gets another shot but it's probably his last shot Mm. anything further on on that one dan um brinson next yeah can can i just just talking about center field fluidity can we just take a moment to acknowledge that jt riddle was playing center field for a while this year what the hell was jt riddle doing playing center field <laughs> he did it it's an incredible catch he he had a couple what game was that he, he did have one amazing catch um but that's all i remember really <laughs> <laughs> i also remember a fly ball and him and starling yeah. shaking hands and waiting for it to land <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me! Uh, when I when I listened back, and I think I shared with you, this with you guys, because I when I was on the plane, I listened back to our original pod and some of our early predictions and what we we're talking about. And I remember I specifically flagged JT Riddle and said, "Big year for him. Needs to have a good year and shortstop. He can cement that everyday role." Within a month, he was gone. <laughs> so for me. Riddle should be up there, but Brinson is the the winner of this this award. And uh, Danny's poll uh, says the same, and it's by the biggest margin of any of the questions we've gone through. So almost unanimous. Tehran Guerrero was also mentioned, as was Peter O'Brien. But okay. All right, let's let's swing it back to the positive side. Last couple guys, so uh, I like this one. Biggest surprise, the biggest surprise of the year. Dan, I'm coming to you first. Um, 
And there's a few. There's a few I can think of straight away when I think of biggest surprise. Players who've performed that I hadn't even heard of before. <laughs> and, you know, guys you've enjoyed watching, you weren't expecting stuff from. So, anything yeah, there, there are a few honourable uh, mentions. If you're just going purely by the phrase of the question, which mm. is the biggest surprise, then mm-hmm. it should be Yamamoto because we that that was by far, we was all shocked to, to come from double A straight into the majors and not only come in, but also do pretty well. I mean, he's all right, he's had one or two little shaky performances, but on the whole, he's, he's been good, you know, he's, he's done well. And I think that 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 should probably be the fair answer. But mm-hmm. there's a few. I mean, I think that, again, Bert has been really good again um, on all fronts. You know, he's he's been good with the bat. He's stolen lots of bases. He's been good with the glove. So I think he deserves a mention. Ramirez has been good as well again. But I think, yeah, coming back to the question, I think it's fair to phrase it as the biggest surprise. I think that was. We was all shocked, all of us. So I think it should be Yamamoto. Yeah, fair enough. Lee, what about you, buddy? Uh, yeah, so as Dan says, there's been a few. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd add Doug after the names he's mentioned. I mean, he was poor at, at AAA, wasn't he, I think? And then, but he's, yeah. he's done all right since he's... Well, he had his first start, was a bit bit dodgy. But since he's been been called back, he's been been, been, been really good. So I'd, I'd add him in there. But for me, it's Bertie, mainly because I'd never heard of him before before this season. <laughs> And when he came up, he's like, oh, no, you know. <laughs> so, and, you know, he's, he's been really good. I mean, he's been our best hitter probably for, for, for this month. Yeah, and, and he, I mean, he's good in the field. You know, he, he plays everywhere. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd say there is a few, but it's Bertie for me. Quick follow-up for you, mate. These, these answers keep just <laughs> creating questions in my head. Quick one. Is Birdie on the opening day roster next year? Yes, on on the roster, yeah. Probably not starting because it'd be Rojas, but yeah, it'd be on the roster for okay. me. Yeah. Okay, Rob, what about you, mate, for biggest surprise? Just just to clean up one thing in regards <laughs> to Bertie. Um, I remember Bertie played most of his career. Um, he's fallen off his chair. Um, he's played most of his career at second base. So you don't need Stalin Castro anymore, even though he is our our, our best bat of a, of a lot at the moment. But uh, and we can't afford him next year anyway. Um, if we even want to take his option, so Bertie is your second base shortstop backup um, uh, behind them. So yeah, in in a, a a team which hopefully next year has an outfield which is settled, you shouldn't see John Bertie in the outfield anymore. Nor should you really see Riddle out there anymore and it, it it's it will be between riddle and and bertie who's really getting that backup position and the other one will have to come down to triple a and come back up for injuries um so otherwise most uh, the biggest surprise um i i go all the way with bertie i, I totally agree apart from um jordan yamamoto i think when he came up it was like hmm you know we've had players come up and miss triple a before but it's because they're super special. And we mentioned it last week about, you know, uh, Jose Fernandez and that he never even got to double A. Um, we were that desperate at the time with, with absolutely no pitching at all. And he was so special, he went up. Now, 
Jordan Yamamoto was really uh, a throw-in piece um, off the, uh, just from there, was the, I always get this wrong, was it the Yelich trade or the Azina trade? Yelich, I think. Yelich, Yelich. We won that trade, by the way. We won that trade. Um, And um, so for someone to come up from from double A, where he was doing fairly decent, to then have his first two games, which were both seven innings with no earned runs, Um, you know, there was that that, that moment with his his family and the crowd. And I know after then it hasn't been so good, but since then he's had... Uh, looking down here, five, six, seven games where he's gone over five innings. So, yes, there has been some more painful efforts. Unfortunately, his last game, something wasn't quite right, and that's what led to his injury, and he got hit about a little bit. But that's that's a massive surprise to, to come up. And he's not a guy who's got any fast speed. He's just got the full array of pitches, pitches, and um, and that's how he's managed to bamboozle the the bats from the other side. So he's the biggest surprise for me. Mm. Yeah, I, those two I think are the main candidates, guys, aren't they? Birdie turned up. Who the hell is this John Birdie? Uh, my first opinion of him was wildly wrong because I thought this mm. guy looks absolutely toilet. I thought he he doesn't look like a baseball player. Well, no. He looks like a Marlins baseball player in year two of a build. He, who is this guy? I thought, this is going to be a long, hard season. And we're going to have to talk about this guy every week on Fish Across the Pond. Anyway, he has surprised. But Yamamoto is the biggest surprise because of what, where he came from and the performances that he delivered immediately against what is now a... Uh, NL Central leading Cardinals team. I think he, what, seven innings both times, shut out maybe first two games back-to-back, throw in a variety of pitches. It was, that was the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise was that second game that he could follow it up against a dangerous Cardinals lineup and do the same again. That was the biggest surprise that moment. Honourable mention to the front office this year. Their ability on the draft and um, signing and trade deadline, in my opinion, was awesome. Not, whether I was surprised, I don't know. It was maybe just just an added bonus. But anyway, I'm going Yams. I think Yams takes that one. Bertie actually took it on the vote, 58% to John Bertie. Um, mindful of time. So we're going to have, we're going to round off this segment with, the moment of the year. I think that's a nice place for us to finish. Um, and there has, in a year of doom and year two of the bill, there's been some nice highlight moments. Many of them. And there's a few that we've I retweeted about a hundred times in in a, in a minute at one point in the season. You'll all remember that one. Um, I think there's others, so I won't <clears throat> I won't try and influence you too much, but. Dan, you've got something in your mind. I can tell. I can tell, mate. You've got the moment of the year for you. Yeah, you know, could be anything, but yeah, I think um, where it's been unimportant in terms of results. If it was a results-based thing, you'd probably have to look at the uh, Cooper Grand Slam to win it um, in the ninth innings. I think 
in a UK friendly time, that was very nice. And the fact that we was watching live. But because results don't mean jack shit really this year, um, I'm just going to go more sentimental with the um, Diaz home run in front mm-hmm. of his family. You know, we all, we've all seen it. It was all brilliant. It was just a lovely moment um, interviewing his, his family. Um, I've, I've watched it so many times. Just the, the, the raw emotion of the reaction is something that is not something you see in baseball or sport um, every day. So I think that gets uh, an emotional um, vote from me. So it's a Diaz uh, home run. I like it. You you do get swung by an emotional moment. I've I've realised that, mate. It's <laughs> it's in your mo. Absolutely. Um, just talk me through as well, just before we cut away. You're on your stag do, not your stag do, but <clears throat> you're on a stag do uh, next week over to, actually this week, isn't it? Sorry, mate. Yep. This week? Yep. This week to Orlando. So you're in the, you're in Florida. Um, I'm going to do over under number of, <laughs> number of jerseys or merchandise items purchased. While you're there, I'm setting the over under at four. Over under four items. Mate, it's not even. It's that's not even close. <laughs> if you put a one in front of it, that's more realistic. Oh my good lord, <laughs> mate! You're. I'm hoping you're good friends at Fanatics. I'll tell you what. What I think. Up. What I think you could do. Put out to your listeners. I'm going to get the Marlins black jersey. I'm mm-hmm. also going to try and get the um, the players' weekend, or maybe the um, maybe the white one. But I, I want you to put out to your um, followers who should I get on the back of that one. I know I know I'm getting on the black one, but who okay. should you get on the on the white one or the players' weekend? And I'll I'll okay. try and get whatever it is. Okay, I'm going to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> also, you know, the trouble now. It's going to. Oh. It's going to be Chen, isn't it? Now? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try and wear it. it. I'll try and wear it to, to pass it next week. Awesome. So I'm going to fire that out. Uh, this. Uh, why have we not been doing this all year? The poll of the week. We, you know, we need to hear from the fans. We need to hear from the listeners. <laughs> and um, we've just been we've been deafened by uh, or deaf to them this year. We've not we've not been listening. But anyway, you're right. I'm going to put that out. Let's work out. So it's the white jersey or a player's weekend or a white. Yeah, either one of them. A player of of their choice. Do you want me to put a poll up so you've got a few options? I'll or tell you what, you... Yeah, off air, I'll give you four options and I'll go with the winner. Okay, fair enough. I think that sounds fair because I, I, I'm assuming Chen will be one of the options so we can choose that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, I, I may have a surprise for you boys. I, I think I tweeted out after a few beers the other night that I'm just going to have to get an Isan Diaz jersey. So just an FYI, there may there may have been one ordered the other night. <laughs> the shipping costs, I'm not going to lie, were not great. But yeah, it, it had to happen. I mean, as soon as I've done that, he's been hitting about 0.081 since, since I ordered it. So there's another career we finished. <laughs> okay, so... Moment of the year, Lee Dobbs, is it Isan Diaz for you as well? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Rob Newell? Yeah, similar to that. 
Uh, I think it's got to be the macho Marlins man flying elbow into the Clevelander <laughs> after that um, walk-off. I can't, can't remember what game that was against, but um, yeah. Um, no, Eson Diaz, uh, yeah, for me too. Yeah, that was that was the moment. I think there's some other... Can, can I just throw out one or two little other mentions? My favourite funny moment of the year was the failed beanball of Arania, as in the the Gorsman, I'm going to hit him and I'm just going to get ejected, but missed him. <laughs> that, was, that was poor. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's up there for me. And equally as well... Um, Brewer's Twitter blow up when we scored 16 or whatever was another favourite of mine. That was good fun. But you're right, the Isan Diaz was awesome. Sandy's complete game against the Mets, I think, actually was the performance of the year. I'm not sure if that is the moment of the year. So I'm going to lean to Isan as well. Performance of the year was that Sandy game for me against the Mets in in twenty five minutes, and but there's been some other highlights too. So, okay, guys, I think that rounds off the uh, the Danny Martinez award ceremony. Um, and I'm just sorry, the Isan Diaz home run did win that moment of the year on on his poll. Um, next up was the uh, the Brewers sixteen run game as well. So. <laughs> There we go. Um, guys, here's another one, though. Left field. This wasn't in the thread. This is my thread. And uh, I'll check to see if any of these guys are still listening. But what was your favorite um, guest pod of the year um, thus far? I'm going to remain neutral on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got any of the fan account guys who joined us, of which there was plenty, plenty to name. But equally, you've then got the main Marlins, uh, Blue Tick crew, uh, Craig Mish, Glenn Geffner, and I'll throw Danny Martinez in there as well, uh, you know, for for those guys. So, favourite guest of the year. Who wants to go first on that one? Press your, press your love heart button if you want to go first on it. I, I think they were, I, to be honest, I think they were all really really good and it's it's also a testament to to you pete you've you've done really really well all year with these uh pods considering so we've done we've done nothing really since uh this time last year we didn't even know each other really so to come on and and to see that we've we've managed to get on three quite high profile guests in miami has been um a testament to you as well so well done for that but if um it's really really difficult i'm just just gonna say danny um, just because I think that listening to him all year and you can you get that vibe off him on Twitter about how positive he is, which rubs off on me as well. Um, so um, I, I think that um, Dan, Danny's a really, really great guy to listen to. to, listen to. Um, but all of them have been brilliant, but just just about, I give, I give the nod to Danny. I think he, that was a really, really good interview. And it also, it, it, it carried on for quite a long time as well, which was good. So I could listen to that all day. It was great. That was it. We couldn't stop it. I, yep. I, kept, I was texting Danny saying, listen, we need to, we need to chop this off in five minutes and he wouldn't, he wouldn't have it. But what about you, Lee? Thoughts on it, mate? Yeah, I think as Dan, Dan said, for me, it was Danny as well. Because oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. You know, his passion 
you know, you know showed through. Uh, as I mean, as as Dan Dan said, you know, they they've all been 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 really good. You know, yeah, helped us a lot. You know, you know, along the way. But yeah, the Danny one was was just just great. Awesome, Rob. Uh, Glenn Gaffner for me definitely. Uh, just to listen to the history he's got, not just with the Marlins but uh, with the Red Sox as well, was fascinating. This is a guy who watches the Marlins day in day out. And still has that positivity. Um, uh, you know, I, I like uh, Severino and Holly, but um, I'm, I listen probably to, to Glenn Moore um, through the radio feed. Um, and he is really, really good. That whole um, crew are him, Dave Van Horn, Kyle Seeloff. Um, so, yeah, they're all excellent. And it was just really interesting. I really, um, you know, Craig Mish was fantastic. Um, Tom Pringle, they were, and then the fan accounts. Well, we've done incredibly well to get these guests uh, on, and it kind of the, the the one theme that goes through all of this is that amongst the negativity, amongst the low crowds of people who have given up with the the Marlins, who who've had enough of the the constant failed rebuilds, there is now a positivity around um, these guests you've, you you've had on that have all said the same thing, that this rebuild is going to truly work. You can feel it's working. It's not going to look pretty in the MLB side at the moment, but just just wait. This is going to be good. And if you're get, getting people like you know Glenn Geffner saying it, Craig Mish saying it, and these are guys who have been around a long time and have seen many rebuilds, many failures as well, not just with the Marlins, but with other teams as well. But, um, yeah, it's brilliant getting getting Glenn and, and Craig on. I agree. I agree. And guys, if you're still listening, uh, I thank you boys, the guys, the guy, all our guests this year as well. Um, it's been a great first year. Great first year of Fish Across the Pond. Can't believe we've managed to get 30 episodes out. Um, I mean, four UK-based guys following the worst team in the NL by some distance we have pumped out some serious content here boys so I tip my caps to you the commitment you've made to this has been awesome um, and uh, equally I thank the guests I Glenn was the first I guess of the, the the blue tick parade and it was great to have him on I was I would say slightly nervous ahead of that that podcast um for various reasons but it kind of you know when you've got someone there who's you know a trained professional on the microphone versus me sitting here in my box of shorts in a in a dark room <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it was an obvious uh distinction i my my missus um tara said to me she went wow you can tell he's on the radio and you know, it really came through the way you know he's he just the way he operates was was very impressive, came across great, and I really appreciate him. And Glenn has been he's been a big advocate of this podcast and what we're doing over here, and has really supported us. Um, so I really appreciate his ongoing efforts, actually. And we're still trying to hook something up. I'm I'm hopeful we can have a uh, have a real real special guest maybe at the back end of the year or maybe as the season finishes. So. 
to the listeners, you can watch this space. I've got a few irons in the fire on that front, and Glenn is helping, so anything you can do is great. Um, to Craig as well, I, I love hearing it from, and for me, Craig, from a uh, press perspective, is the number one guy for Marlins News, in my opinion. I I find him, you know, he's breaking stuff and gives opinion uh, and it's stuff that I enjoy and content I enjoy from him. And I, what he's doing at Swings and Missions, I really enjoy too. His podcasts are on a par, I'd say, with Fish Across the Pond. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I really enjoyed the chat with Craig and I, I love his frankness, uh, which is which is great. And his opinion, he's been around a long time doing this. And like he said, he's got a vested interest and he's building something around the Marlins and the Marlins doing well. So he, he wants it, it to happen too. And like you boys said, Danny's enthusiasm is, you know, it's just contagious. And what he does on Twitter is awesome. The Fish Stripes guys as well is awesome. And yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that that conversation with him. And I think we'll we'll probably get him on in the off season because even if news isn't rich, I think with Danny he'd always find something fun to talk about, and he'd happily talk about probably the Dolphins too. Even though, yeah, he's uh, he's a specialist at rebuilds. I think you know, so we'll get we'll get the rebuild master in. Um, and yeah, to the fan account guys who've joined, plus uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, there's been a few few of them over over the year. Uh, it's been a, it's been a good ride on that front. So, pretty much that's it for this week, guys. Um, to the listeners, what's happening now? We we aren't going to have a podcast out next Wednesday, so we're going to be delayed next week. We are going to record one, but we're going to record it on the final day of the regular season. Uh, so we're going to record the, the the podcast live in a bar. So there's some some health warnings here, uh, but it's going to be recorded live in the bar uh, in at Pashiank Avenue. On, uh, on on the final day of the season, uh, we're going to probably record a, a a segment just of us four together, and then we'll have a few guest appearances with um, with some guys. I know the Phillies guys are obviously co-hosting that event with us, so that's going to be fun. We'll have their take on the game and their the view of their season. It looks like they're probably going to miss out on the on the wild card. It looks like right now, so we'll just enjoy that and have fun. I think a few of the other fan account guys may be there too, so we can maybe have some other guest appearances as well, which will be fun. Um, but I think for this week, and sorry, just to, to recap on, on that, the Pashyang event that we're hosting along with UK Phillies is, yeah, it's on the Sunday, the 29th. It starts circa 6 p.m. Game time is, I think, 8.05. So we're going to have the Marlins Phillies live. Um, probably once that's done for anyone who's sticking around, we may be able to flick onto some NFL too and kind of get, get maybe the late game, bit of Sunday night football on as well. could be interesting. So yep. Let your wives, uh, wives know you'll be back late or maybe back the next day. <laughs> Set expectations accordingly. Get those babysitters booked. Um, it's going to be an absolute baseball extravaganza, a regular season ender of Pashyank. Boys, before we go, episode 30 is almost in the books. Any other topics, anything else we haven't covered that we needed to? All good. We're good. 
All good. Excellent, lads. Well, an enjoyable episode. It's um, we're going to carry on into the the kind of off season for us, but we'll cover some some post season action. We're going to cover all all of the Marlins news uh, as the as the off season kind of progresses. But we'll probably not be as frequent as as weekly. But even so, just to kind of summarize, guys, and, and recap again, thirty episodes. An awesome achievement from us. I'm 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 hugely proud of this podcast. Actually, before one final thing, one final question. Who has been your favorite host of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Lee, you're the only man that can answer this. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All three of you have been, been great, yeah. I've got. I mean, it's tough, Sammy. I mean, you know, you know, you've all done a done a great job. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. When when I stepped in, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, I I can't pick, you know, pick one. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I equally, lads, uh, to to Dan and Rob, who who picked it up the last two weeks. It was. It was very impressive and very slick, and uh, I certainly felt that the the roaming mic may have to become a regular thing for fish across the pond. It's uh, not to say that I didn't, you know, I, I do enjoy hosting, but equally, I happily sat back and had five beers while uh, while while Rob was hosted last week, and that was enjoyable as well. So. Awesome boys, listen, it's been a wild ride this year. The Marlins have been a wild ride from ten thirty one to hot. Julys to terrible Augusts and bland Septembers. <laughs> we've we've had some good fun along the way, and um, you know it's year one. It's been great. One final regular season pod next week. Dan, enjoy your stag. I'm looking forward to seeing all of the new stash that you uh, that you bring back, all of the new merch. Um, <laughs> you know, wh- while you're there, to be fair, mate. Make sure your PayPal's open. I I, I may make a make a last minute call, and <laughs> double down on the jersey. We'll see. No problem, mate. Um, top top man. All right, guys. Appreciate your time uh, for this week and uh, and the last what five months. That's episode thirty in the books. To the listeners, we appreciate you sticking with us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, there's going to be a live podcast version coming up you next week. It'll be it'll be released uh, probably on the Monday once the, the hangover has subsided from me. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll no doubt speak to you guys soon. Hope you've enjoyed. We'll be back, uh, be back, back end of next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>